You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're in the car driving back from Christopher Nolan's World War II epic, Dunkirk. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. I'm Brian Elkins. With me here in the vehicle, driving. Shouldn't be driving. I'm incriminating myself. Wahid. Uh, yes. So we, we just got out of Dunkirk. Uh, we are we are driving back. We apologize for the audio quality here. Um, so we're recording as we drive back, um, fresh yeah. out of the movie. It's Christopher Nolan, man. You gotta you gotta do it fresh. Oh, and guys, uh, spoiler territory. That's right. All right, so I mean, we haven't even really talked much about this movie, man. What 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 did you think? Yeah, we're keeping it all here. I was I was reeling the whole fucking film. I thought it was awesome. Okay, so full disclosure, we had to drive three hours to go see it in an IMAX seventy millimeter. So yeah, we we did get to see it in seventy millimeter. Um, really cool, man. Really, yeah. Really good presentation. Um, until the end. <laughs> until the fucking. God, hey guys, whoever is fucking listening, man, make sure your fucking bulbs are working. It's film. It's not like you can just like hit play again at the very end. We lost the last one minute of the film. We heard the audio of it. It was wonderful. <laughs> but we don't know what happens after Tom Hardy uh, touches down, spoiler alert, uh, on the beach. Yeah, yeah. We just, we just hear the voiceover of the guy. We don't know if they cut to them, cut to a really expensive extra scene that... Christopher Nolan would do just for one shot. We, we, we didn't get to see the grandioso part of the fucking end. I know, like, and you know, dude, Nolan's known for, I love Nolan's endings, Indeed, too. Yeah, like, they're so fucking great. Like the Dark Knight when his cape's flapping, you get that lens flare and it cuts to black. Yeah. There may have been an awesome shot like this at the end of the movie. I don't know, we didn't see like the last no, five or six or 10, 15 shots. I'll tell you what, those we got, fuckers, we got a refund though. So. Yeah, there's like $4,000 worth of refund. How, how, how expensive is that bulb for you now, huh? <laughs> fucking great movie, man. I'm, I'm reeling. You're, uh, you're still shaking. I, Your hand is shaking. It's like, Brian never served in combat. Comes out of the fucking movie. Has PTSD. I, I do. I do. I feel like that. The, the whole film felt like the uh, the beach scene in Save It Private Ryan. Yeah. Stretched out for like an hour. Like 45 and, minutes. Yeah, yeah, however long the movie is. And Guys, it starts out and, and there's a, a ticking, like, 
Oh, Hans Zimmer. Like with the soundtrack, and it literally does not end until like an hour and 30 minutes in when they get into this one scene and it ends for like 10 seconds and then the music picks back up. And I'm telling you, like, it's the best experience I've ever had in a film. Like, they, that, that sound mix for this and the music, it's just unbelievable. I mean, and, and the whole film nonstop. There was no dialogue for the first 10 minutes, yo. Oh, dude, there was very little dialogue in the whole in the movie. Whole film, yeah. yeah. But there was almost no dialogue in the first 10 minutes. There was a guy that said, I'm with you, I'm British, and that's it. You know, um, and we can give a little, we'll get into spoilers in a little bit, guys. We'll, we'll kind of give you a back, you know, our favorite scenes, I guess, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the open shot. I mean, I was sitting next to Brian. I wish I had a camera on him, but it would be counted as, you know, piracy. Uh, his face, he just, he just put his hands on both cheeks and just went, oh my God. Okay, that open shot, of course, like oh. any Nolan film, is gorgeous as fuck, man. You see these four people walking in this town, grabbing like leaflets being dropped on them, and then... Yeah, that's that really, like the, the first two minutes is the only is the only calm real second in, in the film. You know, that that's one thing I didn't know going into the movie, that like the, the way he plays with time, yeah. And the way he cuts back and forth because it's it's not a linear film. Like certain parts take place. The first the first act was completely linear, and then the second and third act were non-linear. But it still makes sense once you kind of get your bearing back, right? Well, you, you think it's linear, yeah, and then you find out it's not. Yeah, I know. It's like oh man, it, it is with you. Yeah, it is a little confusing, but it, I understand why he did it to keep that tension constant. It's so good. Yeah, because. Uh, there's not really, there's no, there's no battle scenes really in the movie where you see British soldiers fighting Nazis or any of that. Yeah, yeah. It's all uh, just well, you, you see the proxy of it. You, you see the dog fights that way, and then the missiles landing. Yeah. We never show the Nazis. We're only showing the British and a couple of French troops. That's it. Yeah. You, well, yeah. You see, like they have like some U-boats. You see some torpedoes. No, you don't even see the U-boats. Yeah. Well, yeah. You just yeah, see yeah, the torpedoes. See, yeah, That's but, true. but it's cool because like it's kind of like the shark thing with uh, with Jaws. <laughs> uh, you never see yeah. the fucking thing till the very end, and with this, you really never see. You, you never saw the. You, we know historically what the threat is, and he did not feel the need to go to that side. He just showed us their perspective. Because guess what? If you and I are on a boat and we're about to get hit by a torpedo, we're not fucking seeing where the goddamn U-boat is. We're just gonna get hit by it, and we're gonna be fucked. Like the sea is like so open, it's dangerous. Like you yeah. have no idea where shit's gonna come from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's open on all sides, and you're in battle. Like it is. Oh, I, I can see why Brian has a little PTSD, man. Uh, <laughs> it's, oh, it's just man. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so much, guys. That that score did not stop. And I'm telling you, if you have a 70 millimeter, you need to watch it in 70 millimeter. And I'm oh, not yeah. saying that because being like you know a cinephile or any of that stuff. And and you know what? We had regular people in theater with us. You can tell they're not like you know big fucking movie buffs. Like it's not like Brian wearing a fucking Star Wars shirt. All right, like. Well, they're like in flip, you know, they're like in Hawaiian shirts. <clears throat> and it it was a mix of crowd too. It was young people, old people. Yeah. And the two guys on your left were like gripping their seat the entire time. Yeah. And they were like holding their hair the time. I mean, like guys, this was fucking epic of like mastery of, of creating tension. And uh, holy fucking props to the editor. I mean, I know Christopher Nolan, when he writes the scripts, you know, if you, if you should read some of his scripts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch the films at the same time. He writes it for the cut. It's in, it's incredible the way that guy writes. But whoever edited this, uh, Lee Smith, fucking same editor I think since Batman Begins or Dark Knight. Dude, that guy deserves an Oscar for this. I mean, it is incredible. 
incredible. Like the the pacing, the shots, and the way he, he should have gotten cut. an Oscar for Inception, dude. Like yeah, but it's just yeah, like yeah, the way yeah. like when the, the, the parallel actions were going. Yeah, with the van like yeah, constantly going off the bridge. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, how do you keep the tension in that moment? And it's a bridge. It's a it's a van going yeah. off a bridge, and, and it, it just keeps dude, it keeps I know, going. Man. It's it's crazy. Um, and you know, a lot of that is Christopher Nolan too. I mean, you know, it's oh, in no, his scripts, yes. in the way he shoots it. But uh, beautiful collaboration, man. They're a the, great the, team. The editor, oh my god, cinematography was really good. Uh, yeah, as always. Uh, Hoyt, Jesus. what's his name? Hoyt Van Hamidi. I I oh, can't, I can't pronounce it. Either. I can't pronounce his last name either. But they, it's the guy shot Spectre, and uh, he did shoot Interstellar. And I noticed that he had the the close-ups on the plane where he attaches the camera. He did he did them a lot in Interstellar with the the spaceship. Yeah, and guys, that was not a, a green screen um, on on the like for the dog fights. No green screen. Oh really? Are those no green screen? No, bro. You should see you should see the behind the scenes of how they had to re-rig the IMAX cameras on the. That was the biggest challenge for them. So they had an actual like pilot, and then they would put their actors in a back hatch. And shoot the film that way, man. That is insane. Yeah, it's it's nuts, hey, guys. There's very little special effects in this film, just like any of his films. Um, sorry, there's very special, uh, very little visual I guess, effects. Yeah. Effects, yeah. And you know, for an IMAX movie, dude, I, I was reading the only thing, the only article I read before going to see the movie was an American cinematographer article where they were talking about like how they. Um, they you know wash the film because in film you have to put it in a, an emulsion bath in order for it to be processed but they took like a, a step out of there they just exposed the negative straight and then they made copies from that yeah I think it's supposed to be like the highest resolution um, that's uh, any film ever oh really yeah like just be, just from the process of what they did there well it shows um, yeah dude I thought that picture was really really clear and I, yeah. I loved the uh, in the cockpit, when you see yeah. in the camera, in the it's it's vibrating. It's vibrating, and and then you can you can see the the, the focus kind of get buzzed on their face a little bit. And yeah, back in it, it was so cool. Again, you know why? Because they didn't shoot on a fucking green screen. <laughs> Guys, the dog fights in this film, there are three of them, and they're just fucking incredible. I yeah. mean, I mean, and because you're watching in seventy millimeter, you're literally you're turning your head to the right and then to the left, you know. You're like, oh my god, where did this go? And the sound, the sound design was just so incredible on that, man. It was just fucking... It, it was just, it was it was the best viewing experience I've ever had in my life until the last fucking minute. Be that, wait, that best best, best view viewing experience? By far, this film is the best viewing experience I've ever had in my life. It's, you know, like, dude, it was, I was in there with them. I was like shaking and I don't jump in theaters and like the first bullet that you see in the first like minute and a half of the film I jumped up off my seat man from a tension standpoint like and just literally putting you on the edge yeah. of your seat I know that's like cliche as all get out but yeah it, it really is I, I can see that um I don't know if it's like my favorite overall I, mean, I love going to see Avatar in the theater I know everybody hates that movie now but Man, I love seeing that. In well, 3D we had a projector blow out on Avatar too, <laughs> guys. We we're bad luck on those fucking films. That's how, that's how bad luck we we've, we've had. Uh, yeah, but that was a digital screening, so yeah. they were able to. <sighs> we had like an, a nice little smoke break intermission in between. And that's that's the problem when you go, you go actually go see a movie on seventy millimeter. They can't they can't rewind the movie. Uh, and it did. We 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 did hear the speech on a black screen for about a minute. <laughs> Or, sorry, the voiceover of the guy reading the article. 
Yeah, yeah, he was, he was like uh, reading the newspaper. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to play the trailer, and we'll be back uh, with a very spoiler-filled discussion for Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. The enemy tanks have stopped. Why? Why waste precious tanks when they can pick us off from the air like fish in a barrel? There are 400,000 men on this beach. Dunkirk. Look at that. There's no hiding from this sun. We have a job to do. If we go there, we'll die. see it from here. What? Home. All right, and we're back. That was the trailer for Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Um, I man, I guess let's go, let's let's talk about the, the time thing, because that is set up right from the get-go. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He has titles in there, yeah. Yeah, where he, it starts with a one... Week. Um, yeah, one week uh, where you're with the people on the beach. Yeah. And then uh, it's one one day... And you're, the, the boat's coming to pick the British soldiers up. Uh, and then British civilians, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. They're, they're, they're commandeering, yeah. I guess, what? Like uh, regular yachts? Yeah, like yachts. Gentlemen and, yachts? And, and shipping, like, you know, fishing vessels and, like, small boats. Because it's... Um, the water Yeah, yeah. It's across the channel. And, uh, you know, they can, they can get to uh, the soldiers faster because they can get to shallower water than, like, the big tankers do. Did they only have that one port? I was a little yeah. unclear about that. Yeah, they Is only that... had that one port. Yeah, okay. Because that was the only area where the big destroyers and stuff could get in. All right. Because yeah. the water was deep enough there. All right. Yeah. Um, and then the third... Uh... It's one hour in the sky. Yeah. But but it, it doesn't it doesn't like go, okay, well, we're going to do the first week on the beach, and then we're going to do the one day on the boats. So, no, it all intercuts together. It's fucking insane the way it was put together. It was really cool how this was... Uh... Non-linear. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it was linear, it'd be a boring film. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it probably would be. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you get a lot of, like, really good, like, uh, you see the same action from different people's points of view a lot yeah. of time, too. But it's not redundant. No, 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 no. It works really well. Yeah. Uh, because he, he stops and he show, he gives you, like, certain pieces of information. Visually. Yeah, at certain like, times. Yeah, because you're like, wait, what happened? Well, we'll get to those. We'll, we'll explain the what happened. Um, well, I guess you want to give a, a quick little summary of, of what this film is about really quick. British soldiers are trying to evacuate and go back to Britain. 400,000 of them. Yeah. Uh, is that their like, entire army? 
no, no, no. Eng England had a lot of fucking people during World War II. They were still an empire back then. It didn't. It wasn't collapsed. It, it didn't collapse at that point. Yeah, the way, because the way they make it sound, there's a couple, of, a couple parts where like, look, we got to get our troops out of here yeah. to prepare for the invasion. Well, or the second part of the war, the second battle. Yeah, yeah. So they they, they needed to basically get all these people that were there because Fran they were there in France. They were on the shores of France. They're in Dunkirk. They were there with the French militia, and then they were, you know, they needed to get some of them back for, to prepare for, A, shoring up their own shores, um, and, you know, because of all the blitz that they were doing, the Nazis that were doing on them, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and then B, for any kind of uh, new ground invasion, which will be like D-Day and stuff like that. Literally, when the film starts out, it's four soldiers walking through this little town, grabbing some leaflets being dropped on them from the Nazis. Oh, I love that, man. That and was such a mindfuck move. Yeah, and, and, and the camera's just behind him, following him. And then all of a sudden, like, you literally jump out of your seat because that sound of that bullet is so fucking loud. It pierced my fucking ear. And then these guys start running, and the one guy that we follow from the beginning of the film all the way to the end, we start out basically with him where... He's able to escape to the uh, like little blockade that the, the French troops had. They start shooting at him, and he ducks behind, and he's like, I'm with you, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm British. They motion for him to come over. As soon as he climbs over those sandbags, fucking the, the battle starts, the music starts, the whole film basically starts, does not end until it ends. Walking to the beach, and it is... Uh... And fucking people just hang in there and like it, rows and rows. Oh, dude, man, when people. he when he does that one, there is one like aerial wide shot. Like yeah. after he walks out on the beach, and you just you see everything. You see, you can see the ocean. You can see the entire yeah. beach. All the soldiers lined up, boats, just smoke everywhere. It's one boat, not boats. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's at that one point. boat. It's one and guys, boat. this is not like the D-Day invasion, like uh, Saving Private Ryan, where you're seeing all the reinforcements on the beach. No, no. This is a barren beach with nothing protecting you. Four hundred thousand people, literally fucking sitting ducks, standing on the goddamn beach. You just gotta like, if you, if if you're an avid like movie goer and you you watch these films to put yourself in their in their shoes. Uh, you would be shitting your pants because like anything can come and hit us and sure enough like a minute later a fucking like like Nazi uh, jet fighter comes in drops a couple of bombs on him and that was nuts how uh, the, the guy falls and there's a shot just standing on his face you remember that Brian? Yeah and the bombs are you can see the bombs in the background coming right toward him and you're like oh dude oh dude you're gonna die but it's like what are you gonna do? Where are you gonna run? Yeah you can't run it's an open fucking field you don't know where you can yeah. like you could go that way and you could go run right into where the bomb's dropping yeah and, and it's funny too because there's a guy that was in the distance behind him that was like on his knee with his rifle trying to shoot down the fucking jet. Oh, man. And I felt that, so sorry for that guy. Yeah, that last explosion hit him and exploded on him and the fucking dirt landed on the guy that we're with. That was, uh, man, that was a cool shot, too, because it wasn't like um, Michael Bay, let me show you some gore, kind of like, it was just like war from the guy's perspective. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, and our, our main character that we follow, and I like how they set up right away that he's He's been in battle for a while because he has to take a shit on the beach. Yeah. He's like, he's been running so much, he can't stop to take a shit. Yep. Or that 
he escaped almost getting killed because his other four people. <laughs> and he's like, I'm about to shit my pants. He took down his pants and shot on the beach. Okay, like and, he he took those uh, those flyers, but I never I thought he took those. To, he was gonna wipe his ass with them, but they don't show that. Yeah, I know. I don't I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know. It, look, the flyer's dropping on you while you're walking. You'd be curious. You'd want to, like, grab it and read it, you know, even if you can't read German. But he, oh. like, shoves them down in his pants, and I was yeah. like, oh, he's going to bust those out, and it never, but, never uh, shows you. But here is one cool thing, though. Um, uh, we got to talk about the French guy. So so when he's about to take a shit. Oh, yeah. Well, he, you don't know he's French. He, yeah, he looks over. You see this guy burying someone and yeah. putting on that person's uniform. So you don't know if he's like civilian, you don't know if he's actually British, you don't know if he's a spy, you don't know anything. The guy's oh, no, silent. He, he's already got his uniform on, right? No, he's got the dead man's uniform on. Oh, I know that, but you don't know that at the time though, right? You no, just we do know that because they showed him like putting on his boots and stuff like that. So they, they showed the oh. guy's feet that were bare as he's being buried and the uh, guy yeah, that was you're right, burying you're right. him started putting on his clothes basically. Yeah, man, uh, you know, and so they just have this exchange of, like, looking at each other, and, and, and you can see the humanity of war. Like, this guy knows that this guy could be German, French, or whatever it is, but he's not going to rat him out because he saw so much fucking death already. He doesn't want one more person to fucking die. Well, it, oh, man, and then they try to, gra they, they grab that wounded soldier. They grab the wounded soldier because at the time, they were only loading <laughs> wounded people onto this one ship. So you have this big ridge that Lee, you know, it's it's like the what's it called in English? The um, uh, the, the the dock. The dock, yeah, the yeah. boardwalk. Well, the, the the British Navy was only loading the wounded at that point, and uh, and so this guy and the other guy grab a wounded guy, put him on a stretcher, and they're like they. I mean, it's a tense scene on its own, man, just watching that shit. Oh, yeah, because they are running through that field. They're man. running through that field. You, you know, you can see some of the uh, some of the uh, artillery is starting to come from behind them. That means the Nazis are closing in on the fields behind the beach. Yeah. Um, and you see, man, it, it, and it is cramped. Like, imagine, guys, we're saying 400,000 people. So imagine only 2,000 people on that boardwalk up to the pier, like to the fucking dock. And, and, and you have to go through all that stuff. And they're cutting back and forth between them and between the uh, the admiral, the, the, the Navy admiral that's that was stationed, the officer, sorry, that was Oh, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Yes. Yeah. Who is like, bare I thought he'd be in the movie way more, man. Yeah, I think he was too busy directing that um, that new film that's coming oh, out. Oh, uh, yeah, Murder on the but, Orient Express. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll come in for a cameo for three days for you, buddy. I got my own movie that's going to kick your butts. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> although Kenneth Branagh is a really good uh, director, I, I yeah, love he's, he's uh, amazing, yeah. Henry V. That is that's probably one of the best uh, Shakespeare adaptations yeah, he's, ever. He's one, really the, he's one of the best uh, uh, actor director um, combo that that kind of exists out there right now. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's very he's, Shakespearean with his work. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, minus that, uh, he actually did like a real version of Hamlet where he shot yeah, I think yeah. the whole play. That that's yeah, tough yeah. to get through. But well, it's for British audience. It wasn't for us. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Hamlet fanatic, there yes. you go. Yes. You have the whole play via film. Um, man, okay, so they're going to the boardwalk. Yeah, pushing, shoving soldiers out, yelling at them. Dude. It's chaotic. Guys, the dialogue in this film is, is um, more natural. They're not talking to each other. Oh, man, no, they, most of it's looks. Yeah. They're exchanging. Yeah. Or just get out of the way. Get out of the way. Yeah. Like, you don't need to write that in a script. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And there's like, oh man, the the part where they get to the the dock and there is a giant hole. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. There's and they're like still a, carrying the guy in the stretcher. On over, over like a, a, a two by six that's a plane. <laughs> yes. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I would rather do that and fall through than stay on that fucking beach and get killed. Like, that's how traumatic it is for them. Oh. They've been stranded for so long waiting for people to come rescue them. I, I, lo- I loved how that was done too, where it's like Nolan put the emphasis on him him looking down into yeah. the water, and then the one soldier's like, dude, just go, yeah, just run, yeah, run yeah. across, just go, and let's go. And me too, and then everyone harassed them, yes. everyone's like, yeah! And I was like, man, I feel like I'm with you guys, like, I'm, I'm glad you crossed it, that was awesome, that's that, good filmmaking. That is one thing I liked uh, a lot about, like, uh, Christopher Nolan with his, uh, the soldiers' re- reactions, the, the people that are watching, so sometimes, natural, yeah, sometimes you were like, yeah, let's do it, and sometimes you were just so done it's like man i can't even i can't even make an emotion with my face right now yeah yeah i'm dead to the world yeah yeah it's not like the guys laugh like you know oh yeah we crossed the guys that were carrying on the stretcher everyone around them was doing that those two fuckers the french guy if you later find out that the guy that took the uniform is um it's kind of ambiguous you don't know if he's a french civilian or a french soldier but they get to the almost the front and you get to you understand what the dilemma is so the, the the British Navy is not allowing their uh, French comrades, basically, to board these very scarce resources of boats yeah. that they have. And at this point, it's, we start out with the one. So it could have had two or three beforehand. We don't know, but we start out with the one. And they're not letting them there. And, the you know, obviously the, the French are fucking pissed off. And so this French guy keeps his mouth shut the entire time. They make it to the boat. They load the guy on. And then the, the fucking, like you know second officer or whatever it is it goes to the both of them like you're like oh my god okay they made it to the boat they're gonna be safe now and the guy's like oh no no, no. get the fuck off man what the fuck are you guys doing <laughs> he's like nope you guys are off no you know if you're not wounded get out and uh they they get out but they sneak underneath because the french guy is sneaky obviously right french damn french people <laughs> the fro- what do they call him the frog yeah yeah in, in the movie little frog yeah, oh, so so gosh. so he he jumps underneath the pier, and uh, uh, our British soldier jumps with him. And good for them because as soon as they go down there, um, man, another fucking like Nazi airplane comes in and bombs that boat to shit with everyone in it. Oh yeah, all the sick people on it, or all the injured people. Injured on it, on it. yeah. And then yeah. you get all it's these like, people oh, started man. jumping. So you get a group of five or six soldiers that jump, but that almost drowned because the ship was capsizing to the right towards the pier which means it was crushing them against the wood that's holding the boardwalk up. And uh, Frog and the British guy fished them out of the water. And, uh, and then when, when, the, when the ship capsized to the other side, um, one of the officers yelled, you know, like he saw all the people down there, like, come on, we'll get you another boat. And so the two guys jumped in the water just to make it look like they weren't, like, <laughs> sneaking underneath. That was cool, man. To me, that was so, like... That's the side of war you don't see, man. You know. Yeah, because you understand they're not. Mostly in American cinema, we portray yeah. those people as cowards. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, you're a bad person. You're running away, and it's like, no, dude, everybody's running. Everybody's fucking running away, man. It's and like, it's like we're we're not we're not fighting anymore. We're trying to evacuate. I mean, it, it, this is not a uh, you know Saving Private Ryan. We're you know the the our version of it is like Vin Diesel taking like the two hand grenades and blowing himself up for the little girl, you know, or like you know dying for the little girl, whatever it is. No, I mean, this oh, is yeah, what yeah, real yeah. war the is. Sniper. Yeah, the sniper scene, you know? This is what real war is, and I, I love that part, man. Now, and Christopher Nolan, just keep, he keeps layering elements on, too, because there's even a, a section where the, the guys are going to get squashed by the boat capsizing. Yeah. They're getting ready to get squashed against the pier or whatever. The, I guess pier, yeah, not yeah. dock. There we go. Uh, that's the word we're looking for. 
the, the boat scene when they when they finally make it out like into um, I mean I, I don't even remember what, what the boat is but they, they get out into one of the boats like in the in the middle of the film oh, oh yeah so like fast forward guys those those two guys and the five guys that we were talking about uh, basically did end up making it on another boat. So, so, and, and that's the only juxtaposition that we had in this whole scene. That we had an admiral show up and, and, and talk to um, to Kenneth character. Kenneth Branagh. Great, yeah. And uh, basically, he was saying, you know, Churchill wants uh, thirty-five thousand troops. We need to evacuate him right now. But we're not sending you more ships, and we're not sending you air support. <laughs> and he's like, we thirty-five thousand. We have four hundred thousand. He's like, we need thirty-five thousand. You know. <laughs> I mean, it was a big mindfuck because now you, obviously, you know, if you know history, you know that part of the story, but if you didn't, and as an audience member, even if you did, as an audience member, you're like, fuck, what happens to the other 275,000 fucking guys, you know? You're gonna let those fuckers die, you know? The Admiral came and he had a huge boat and they load everyone on it and Froggy, the French dude and the British guy that we've been following and the other four that they rescued, actually get on it and some motherfucker, I don't know why, like, like, you're kind of sensing, like, okay, man, man, it's gonna be peaceful now. They're gonna have like they were having toast with beans on it and like yeah. tea. Well, the the French guy doesn't go down Does below not go deck. Does down below deck because he is, and this this starts becoming reoccurring with all these soldiers. No one wants to fucking go below deck. Well, They're I'm, all afraid I'm of the U-boat fucking things hitting them. You're gonna be locked in there. You're gonna drown inside. Yeah, you're gonna drown. And uh, but these guys all go in there, and and some kind of like, you know, uh, naval officer locks the door from the outside so that way they don't capsize the fucking boat from going up top once they get their toast and shit like that, you know? Except the French guy. The French guy heists it aside and yeah. stays outside. He's smart as fuck. Well, I, dude, at that point, I actually thought he was a Nazi spy and yeah. he was going to blow the boat up. That's what I thought, too. I kept waiting for that to happen, uh, especially when the... Um, uh... But the actor, the actor had such a innocent baby face on him, though, that I was like, I was doubting myself whether he's going to, like, blow up the boat or rescue the boat. Yeah. But it's good. It's the tension. You need that. No, you it's do. Not like, it's not like it's a Christopher Nolan mistake. He probably hired him specifically for that. <laughs> you're like, your actions say you may blow up the boat, you're a Nazi spy, but your baby face says you're a fucking scared little French guy. <laughs> that uh, that torpedo hits that boat, dude, and when it goes oh, wait, down... Wait, wait, but can we talk about that fucking like, overhead shot of the <sighs> torpedo, though? Where you're like, you see this little like spinny thing, and guys, remember... The, the soundtrack still has that oh yeah fucking under it oh it's and then, constant and then all of a sudden you hear boom and and the explosion when it hits the sound is inside and they design it to where it rings hollow in your ears the oh. way it does under the bridge fuck man that was a tense motherfucking scene I don't know how they got that shot dude where like um the side of the you're inside you're down below the yeah. decks of the ship and you're on. We're on your main character that we're following throughout the entire movie, and the hull just comes in, yeah. and water just Gushes sweeps out. all these guys up, dude. Like, because they're all wearing life jackets. Women are in there. They're like, you know, the the, it's the, the her royal highness or his royal highness, like women nurse brigades are in there and shit like that. Gosh, Those poor job. ladies that were there helping, you know, nurse all these soldiers, uh, give them fucking, you know, toast with beans on it. Um, yeah, man. Wait, was it beans? I thought it was jelly. Well, beans, jelly, it's all... It's fucking British people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> Who knows? 
Who knows? I, I do like they, they kept bringing, uh, bringing tea, uh, tea yeah, tea, to tea, everybody. Tea. Everything's fucking tea. I love that. Yeah. Man. Well, you know, Christopher Nolan said was probably drinking Earl Grey tea, and everyone's like, oh, we'll just fucking put tea. It's, it's already here. Spring it from Crafty. We don't even need Props Master for that. It's because fucking Earl Grey is awesome. Uh, Best tea ever outside of English breakfast. Hey, yes, uh, thank you. Earl, uh, Earl T, uh, we'll give you a plug in every movie. If you want to. Uh, <laughs> You know, we'll digitally reinsert your packages in all the films if you want. If you want to sponsor us, that'll be awesome. But oh man, dude, it's just, it's just even talking about that, dude, that that scene—that was tense. Oh man, it was it was so tense, and just like everybody's drowning, and the French guy does go and he opens the door. No, 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 he was about to fucking jump ship. He was. And you see all the British naval officers like jumping ship already. This fucking boat is capsizing, and it's capsizing to the right of it. And he's on the left side, so you know you're getting into that whole like Titanic thing where you have to either jump off right now or get to the highest point of it and not hang on because it's gonna flip fully. And so this guy fucking makes his way back in to save the guy that basically kept his mouth shut about him, opens up that door and jumps before anyone sees that it's him, basically. Yeah, nobody even knows that he yeah. was the one that saved him. Except that. Earlier, there was a little bit of a line of a dialogue where uh, our British guy, uh, one of the guy, one of the guys that they rescued earlier, said, "You know, where's your mate?" And he's like, "I don't think he likes being down below," you know. Yeah. And and then it cuts. That happens. The thing. Oh, that's true. Flips, yeah. You know? So I guess so he, I guess he had to like, yeah, he had a, yeah, he had a, like a little, you know, he's like, you know, inclined to believe that that guy came back for him, and it was true. Uh, and and man, when these guys were coming up uh, to grasp the air. I, I noticed that I was actually holding my breath. <laughs> yeah. And then every time someone released the air, like, where they're like, <gasps> I, I found myself going, <sighs> oh, shit, I can breathe right now. Is this me smoking or is this, what's going on? Why am I, I feel like I'm dying. I felt like I was suffocating. <laughs> I, I really like the, the idea of the light, the way he plays with the light. Like, oh, it's the hall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, once the water comes in through the yeah. hall, uh, everything everything's goes black. Dark. Yeah. It yeah. just, and when he opens the door, that's how they know where to get out because a little yeah. bit of light through the yeah, fire. Yeah, guys, is this is not like through. a you know Steven Spielberg moment where you go ah! <laughs> and like you know fucking whatever the guy's name is the the uh, Armenian guy you know shines a shit ton of eight Ks on it. No, no, this is like what a normal like you know uh, eighty watt bulb would look like coming through. But it's such a small glimmer of hope that they all start swimming towards it. Yeah, I mean it's enough. I mean because it's pitch black down there. It's, but, but it's bro, freaky. that is that's what I'm saying though. It's so it's not just the fact that it's got a reality that makes it so good, but just just that. I mean like it, it's a it's a literal symbolic glimmer of hope that's like sixty watts. <laughs> and you're like I'm swimming towards that shit. <laughs> So while all these guys are drowning, uh, uh, yeah, we, we get we get uh, uh, Mark Rylance. Um, I don't know the the boys that are with him. I know one of them's name was George. The other one was Peter. The characters' names were yeah, yeah. You cut to you cut to this uh, like seaside town in England. There was a proclamation or or uh, a call for help. It wasn't commandeering those vessels. It was saying, if you have them, our boys are stranded. Yeah. Would you go get them in your boats? And we're talking about, like, nice-looking 1940s, 30s yachts. And Oh, yeah. Uh, Mark Rowland's, uh his boat, man, was like a nice little teeny yacht, man. Yeah, it was like yeah. a nice pr- yeah. pressure Yeah, pressure I mean, cruise. like, it's like the, the shit that you see on postcards from the 40s, you know? Um, 
Well, when, you, when they first go out, I mean, that, that was weird. I don't, I missed the line of dialogue when they pulled out because for whatever reason, they pulled out first without taking any sailors on. Yeah, because the guy said, I don't want more dead people on my boat. Gotcha, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I may take those two, they may die, or we need the space for two more live ones, you know? Like, there's no reason to take right. two more naval officers with us. I know how to navigate the fucking, I own a yacht, bitch. I know how to fucking navigate this channel. I don't know if it was Christopher Nolan's mix because uh, Dark Knight Rises was like that in the IMAX where the, the sound on the bass was so loud it yeah. was almost distorted. And the, the same thing with this film. The bass is so loud. It, it's, and it works well with this one because yeah. um, it's it's like the, the the ringing basically of every bomb that's been dropped. Well, yeah, it puts you on it puts you on your toes, man. And you yeah. feel it in your heart. Your body particles shake <laughs> from that fucking base. Oh man, it's uh, uh, it's rough. And uh, uh, yeah, so what, what's the guy's name? Uh, so 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 the, the, the so the guy and his son are there, and and there is a friend of the son that was just helping clear out some of the stuff and put like life life vests on the boat. Oh yeah, the, uh, I think his character was George. George, yeah, the, but George jumps on the boat on the boat, and uh, you know his friends like, what are you doing? He's like, you know. I have to be there. I, I gotta help you guys. So they end up, you know, taking him with him. Yeah, he's got something where I guess he feels like he's not doing anything with his life, and he's, he, you know, well, he, he has this thing where he's like, ah, well, he's I just like, want my do something with my life and get my picture in the paper. I yeah, believe is his line. Yeah, yeah, you know, that or longing as a seventeen-year-old to find your place in this conflict, to to feel like you've done something and contributed something. Um, yeah. But yeah, then they, they, they go off. And and you would think it's boring because now you're like, oh, I'm in the shoreline with these two guys. But then it cuts to like Tom Hardy and this other dude in fucking airplanes. There well, two other guys. There's another dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. There were like three, three airplanes. Yeah, yeah. Three airplanes. What were they called? Uh, they I, set them in the movie. I forget what the airplanes I, were yeah, called. Yeah, I can't remember. But, you know, they're, they're, they're British uh, warplanes. Um, and they're sent out for dogfights with Nazi warplanes. So I'm sure we're gonna have someone that emails you. You fucking dicks! You didn't learn your history. How did you guys yeah. not know about the British planes? Yeah, because I'm an American uh, and I didn't learn about that shit. Tiger plane, whatever. Because uh, you only see Tom Hardy's face for a split second. Yeah. And then he puts his breathing mask on, and that's it for the rest of the fucking film. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, we just don't know the last minute, but yeah, it's just like Tom Hardy's whole role in this film, guys. Is his eyes, and I dare, if I dare say this, this film is not about any hero, it's not about any single one character, but the one that has done the most to save all those people in this film, in that in that part of the story of the film, is Tom Hardy's character. Oh yeah, no, Tom Hardy is like the save badass. The yeah. Yeah, no, he, he totally is, man. Because uh, they're, they're going through, and you know, they meet some other German airplanes, yeah. they have a dogfight. One of them gets shot down. I, I like that because they don't know where he went. Yeah. Like they don't. You don't even see him get shot down. No, you no, just see his they, plane they, they, they sur So yeah, but, and then they take out the two other planes. You know, so Tom Hardy and his other guy take out the Nazi planes, and what they do is they end up circling around where their buddy went down and wrote down the coordinates on like a piece of paper. Yeah. Because you know? they're like they go, we didn't see a shoot, we didn't see a shoot. And so they, they did that, and they're like, we'll come back for him later. Literally, they just said that, and that's the reality of fucking war. That's your buddy. That could be your brother-in-law. You don't know that. Yeah? I can't remember if, at this point in the movie if it jumps back. It jumps <laughs> back to the boat, and then they the, the boat gets to uh, 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 Kellen Murphy. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, Mark, and he's he's on top of a, 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 a boat that went, I guess, a couple of days earlier that we did not see. And so up to this point, guys, it was linear. Well, you think it is. It, it, no, no, it was still is. It was still cut linear. Um, uh, I don't know, man. I think. I no, mean, because, I'd have to do a second watching of it. Yeah, because yeah. I think when they're going to that beach, I think the beach part is real time. I think all the sections themselves are real time. Yeah. But they're intercut. I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but what I'm saying is like, up until this point, when they come up to Kellen Murphy, you're thinking, okay, maybe... Because it's the first time you see him. I got, I got what you're saying. Yeah, all right, you. so it was linear to that part of the story. Then he was on top of a capsized, like, boat, big boat, because it's in the middle of nowhere in the water. Yeah, there is nobody else there. And he's on top of it, just, stay, like, sitting there. And the boat comes up to him, and they throw him the rope, and the fucking guy doesn't even pick it up. He's oh, he's shell-shocked, shell yeah. Rock. He is out of his mind, dude. He doesn't respond to anybody or no. anything, man. And of course, George brings the hot tea. Uh, and he tosses the hot tea to the side. <laughs> and he's like, where are we going? And they're like, to Dunkirk. He's like, no, you don't want to go there. I don't want, I know. Like, I'm going to fucking turn it around. You you do feel for it, man, because you're yeah. like, oh, you just escaped that. And now you're going back to it. And, no. and, and it's so... I mean, like, yes, that's a bit of a dialogue there, but it's so, like, natural the way it's spoken. It's so fucking real, and the actors are so fucking good, man. Like, you feel for them, like you said. Um, so it, it gets it gets into a little fight, and uh, because he goes in to grab the steering wheel yeah. away from the dad. What's the dad's name again, the actor? I, uh, Mark, Mark uh, Ryan. Ryan's? Mark Ryan's? The guy that was in Bridge of Spies. That yeah, Bridge, yeah, yeah that, Bridge of Spies, that BFG. Guy. Yeah. Spielberg's um, buddy. Yeah, man, he like grabs the, the, the wheel from him to re-steer the boat back to the English shore. And in, in the fight, this kid who should not have jumped on the boat to begin with, um, you know, the, the, the father's son friend, George, gets knocked and he falls down into the, the hall. Deck. Lower deck. Yeah, yeah. lower deck. And, he didn't get thrown that far, too, man. I mean, like, the lower deck yeah, is, like, but there, steps you, down. You, you can see a metal piece behind his head, and yeah. he hit his head on it. So, the now Cole Murphy's character is like, fuck, man. Like, that's even more traumatic for him. So, he, like, takes two steps back. Like, what did I just do? Uh, the guy, George's buddy, comes down, and uh, he's trying to, like, nurse him, gives him some water. And uh, the guy's like, dude, I can't see Dude, that was heartbreaking. Dude, that man. was heartbreaking too. And because, um, like, at the same time, you you like want, you want to hate Killian Murphy, but yeah. at the same time, there's no way you can. You know, it's yeah. like, oh my god, it's just a fucked up situation. It is a fucked up situation. It's so like, they, what do you do? They continue steering to Dunkirk, and then and then and then you cut back to um, Tom the, Hardy. Tom Hardy and and his two two plane squadron now it's him and his buddy yeah there's only and those man, guys man these motherfuckers are tearing it up dude yeah they are yeah so so their their mission is to the dog they, fights are good yeah if they see any any uh nazi plane patrol coming towards the beach to knock them down well they're not even at the beach yet no they're not they're on their way there yeah they're they're knocking out uh all the planes that are trying to shoot down the planes that are leaving yeah uh, going across the channel exactly. back to england and they're trying to get there to where they can give air support to the people stranded there and the boats that keep fucking getting blown up basically dick I mean, nazis yeah like basically here's what happens 
British bring a fucking boat, takes them forever to get it there, load all the fuckers on it. As soon as it takes off the off the harbor, and you know they talk about this in the film, there's a U-boat somewhere. No one knows where it is. It's just torpedoing those boats left and right, man. Oh, dude, it is. It, it's constant, and you don't you don't know where anything's coming no. from. And they're like bombers coming and bombing the boats, yeah. and it's just it's from all over. Again, though, this is out of time. It is. There's a blue like fishing boat that's like kind of sinking. When, yeah. When, uh, uh, so so Tom Hardy and his buddy get into another dogfight that was epic. Like th this is better than like Hell's Angels epic of a fucking fight. I mean, it is good. It yeah. is better than Top Gun. One of the best dogfights I've ever seen anywhere. It's so tense, man. Uh, uh, Tom Hardy's fuel gauge goes out. And here's how it starts. He's like, where are we? And the guy goes, 50 gallons. And so he takes his chalk and writes 50 gallons and puts 1,455 minutes on it, all right? You know, uh, it's it's 2.55 p.m., basically. Uh, and, and they have 50 gallons. And as soon as they say that, they, we start hearing, <laughs> there's these fucking Nazi planes right behind him coming at him man the guy's like fucking like you know you can see him like pulling the lever and they navigate they go up to 2,000 miles I mean sorry 2,000 feet and the guy's like why we're we gonna lose fuel he's like no trust me and then they come down on him and man they fucking obliterate those guys but in the process one of the guys clip non-Tom Hardy non-Tom Tom Hardy <laughs> Tom, Tom, the, the second pilot the second British pilot and uh, that guy takes, opens up his um, hatch to see if he can shoot out, and uh, basically just like you know looks down and he's like, if I shoot, I'm gonna die in this. You see, and then you see him from Tom Hardy's angle, uh, from his point of view, and you see Tom Hardy's face, and then you know it's it's a bird's eye view basically, and his plane basically is coasting down. It's between the father's boat and this other blue vessel that looks like it's sinking, and the guy takes his hand out and waves. So Tom Hardy waves back. But later you find out this guy wasn't waving. He's trying to fucking, because this is the intercut, guys. When we go back to that second pilot's point of view of the story, he's trying to open up the fucking hatch, and it's not opening up, and he's starting to drown. I like how you have to, oh, you're acting it out. I'm hitting my son, guys. While I'm driving, I'm hitting my, I'm, just, I'm telling you, this fucking film is awesome. Anyway, Brian, you, you take it from here. Well, he's like, let me out of here, yeah. too. Well, no, it's, again, like, this movie is, like, if you have a fear of drowning, like, every two seconds, bro, man. man. Yeah. And he, he's trapped. He can't get his cockpit open, and eventually, uh, uh, Mark Rylance and uh, that, that boat, yeah. they come and they save him. And, oh, man, it's, like, just at the nick of time, too. Like, yeah. he is about ready to go but, but under. guys, there were, like, six scenes in between that. That was where it showed Kellen Murphy's backstory, basically, if, if in that context. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's when you know it's totally out of sequence. Totally out of sequence. You're like, what the fuck just happened? Because that plane crashed during daytime. And why am I with Kellen Murphy on the beach at night? And the boat that he was on looked like the boat he was in right now, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, from, from the hall, you know? Like... So I'm like, oh my, oh no, wait, no, this Colin Murphy doesn't have any scars on. He's not fully shell shocked yet. Yeah, so, yeah. The, like, the British soldier that we've been following through the movie, him and the the French guy. Yeah. They they are out of their boat and they're in the water, and yeah, Killian Murphy comes up on that lifeboat, and you're like, what the hell Fuck. is going yeah. on? It's man, it, it's good, dude. And he's even telling them right then and there, it's like you can't get on the boat. You're gonna tip us over if if you get on. Look, you have your life vest. The beach is that way, and the guys are like, man, I'm not going back to that fucking beach. Yeah, no, no, not at all. And they, they really drive that point home, uh, because when they, they do have to go back to the beach, because there's nowhere else to go, they're drowned, 
And man, there is a really depressing shot. Yeah. When they get back, they're sitting on the beach, and this one soldier is just like, fuck it, I'm swimming the fucking channel back home, yeah. bro. He just takes his stuff off and just goes out to the water, and they're watching him. And it is. Oh, there, dude, there was another one where, too, they were like, you know, are you guys taking the small boat? And so, so the, 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 the British soldier, the, the French froggy dude, and one other guy see the old group that they, that they were with walking on the beach and they're like why are we not taking the smaller boats they're like we can't now with this tide they're like how do you know like the bodies are washing up yeah keep walking east and i guess um that's where like the some nazi uh like regiments are like kind of infringing on that territory yeah they don't have that part of the beach garden yeah exactly but there's like a vessel there that got stuck because the the tide wasn't high enough so it needs few hours for it to like where the water catches up to it, lifts it off, and then they can try to seal it out. So they go and hide in the deck of that, but it becomes like target practice for the fucking Nazi guys. Oh my gosh. And man, I mean, you want to talk about, yeah, you want to talk about mounting tension upon tension. Uh, They're shooting holes in 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 the boat. The water is coming up, so now water is coming through these bullet holes. Yeah, like in what's the boat. gonna what they've been waiting for to save them, which is the tide coming in to lift the boat up and take yep. it back into the sea, becomes their death trap because there, there's nine guys inside this hall, and they're all arguing about who should go pick his head up to see if there's any Nazi people around before they can, you know, push the boat out, you know, like, because you got to man the boat, it's not going to, like, on its own fucking go. You oh, no, they're, it, right? they, were, they were seeing when the tide was coming in, that's yeah. what they were doing. Yeah, and, uh, and they were all like, yeah, let this guy go, he's been quiet all the time, and then they started, like, that's when you get, like, is he a Nazi spy? Oh, is no, they, French they're guy? trying to kick somebody off the boat to make him lighter. Oh, lighter, but no, but that's after they start sinking, you know, after the bullets start coming in. It is yeah. insane, man, and it's like, what in the world are we doing? And that's when you find, yeah, you find out Guys, he's a French soldier. It's literally how me and Brian are talking right now we're like a little confused oh no this is before that's before no it's that's how the film is this is not because we're getting old and we're getting dementia <laughs> <laughs> well it's just so much going on man yeah. like so th- they're arguing you know about who, who should get out they're trying to be quiet because the nazis don't know they're in there yeah. yet they're and trying to plug the holes up flies right there guy goes in the guy's eye and he screams and i mean why would you of course you're gonna scream you get hit with a bullet dude course, that hurt like yeah. a bitch yeah and, dude, they're just trying to cover his mouth, like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And then, like, four more come in. And then then they know, and they're fucked, man. And yeah. they just start unloading. Yeah. And it is just chaos from that point on. And it, Eventually, the boat does make it out. But, dude, the <laughs> but Brit- it's sinking. The British, the British fucking soldiers in there, they, they kind of turn dark. Because they're like, look. We, we figure out this guy is not speaking any English. Yeah. We're going to kick him out. Yeah. And then the British soldier that we've been following on the beach like, the entire no. time. Yeah, he's like, guys, we can't do that. That's fucked up. That's inhumane. He's like, well, look, if we're not light enough after we kick him out, we're going to kick you, you out, out too. too yeah. It's like, what? That, that's your freaking, oh, my it's, God. He's on your side. He is your it, team. You know what? It's survival at that point, man. You can't, you can't, we can't, I can't. I can't judge a, 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 a battlefield situation from an armchair. You just can't do that. Oh, no. no, Dude, uh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I yeah. would totally kick both those guys out Me of that too, fucking yeah. boat. Like, I have kids I got to get back to. Fuck yeah. up, bitch. I don't you know guys, you. You guys look young enough. It's, it's, it's very complicated with its morals. Yeah. You know? Yeah, fuck you man. really don't know who to agree with. Yeah. And you, you really do understand everybody's points in the movie. I really, really enjoy yeah. that. But, I, uh, I, I never really judged anybody. No too harsh because every time you do Nolan does a really good job of showing you another side, of, side. Yeah. yeah yeah 
culminates into this. So the, the, these guys that we're talking about in the ship, ship, shipping vessel, the blue one, uh, where, the, where there's a Dutch guy that jumps in because he's actually, that's his vessel. Uh, <laughs> that they're yeah, trying to steal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's hanging out with them. They, they eventually kind of escape the fire line with the vessel and make it out. They're plugging it with their fingers, basically. Oh, you know? my gosh. Uh, and, and the current takes them up, and it takes them towards... Again, back to the shot that we described earlier, the um, Colin Murphy and that boat and uh, the Tom Hardy's buddy uh, airplane area, they all start coming out. At that point, there's this big, we cut back to another scene where it was while they were loading this big destroyer, the British destroyer, and, it, and it's now making it up to the same area where all those, so now you have those four different points of views all in one area of the sea together. Yeah. The climax hits where um, this one destroyer loaded like you know a shit ton of British soldiers on it. You got all these other boats that made it to the shore. Everyone's happy. They're getting on the boats. They're all fucking making it out to this one spot. And this one one earlier scene where Tom Hardy was dogfighting a Nazi plane that we cut away from. We cut back to it, and it's Tom, Tom Hardy has to work his ass off to fucking kill this guy before he destroys all the small boats and the two destroyers that the British have in that area. And that's such a tense scene, man, because that guy actually was successful in getting one bomb off and it hits that destroyer and fucks up half the boats that were there. It comes down and like the, the bomb hits the, the ship and then oil spills Spills, all into the ocean. Oh my god, can we talk about how when that thing capsized and and the shots where you see the soldiers hanging onto the ropes to the side on the left side? Yeah. Towards the sky side and they they were being sucked by the water vortex and they're getting hit with the waves and their faces getting crushed on the... Oh my god. Dude, yeah, and all that's happening and uh, he's got one line of dialogue where he sets up like... The other rescued pilot that's on Mark Rylance's um, boat now. Yeah, yeah he he's got there. rescued. Yeah, on the boat. And he, he, he makes a line like, "Look, we got to get them out before yeah, the fi- a fire sets off that oil yeah, in the water." Yeah. Sure enough, boom! Like the bomber that Tom Hardy shoots down, it ends up landing right there and causes this huge fire. And man, you want to talk about being fucked? So these soldiers are now in in water that has oil on yeah, top. Guys, it's yeah, on fire. Guys, remember. Okay, these guys were on a blue vessel that was being shot by Nazis. They were on the other side was on the beach getting onto small boats. Like this is the fourth, fifth time they're getting on fucking boats. They end up they're covered in oil as they escape the certain almost uh, uh, drowning from the other vessel that they were in. One of them does drown. You're, I don't know if you saw. You oh yeah, yeah, no, hand. yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, dude, a bunch of people drowned, man. Yeah, and, and, and so you're making it finally about to make it to this boat, and then the fucking Nazi dude still drops a second bomb that, like, fucking engulfs everything in fire. What shit luck? No, no, no. Wasn't it his, his, his... He wrecked into the ocean caused it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He that, he kamikaze, basically, yeah. into the into the ocean. Because, yeah. like, Tom Hardy shoots him down, and he just goes... Because, I mean, this... Yeah, and he goes... That, I mean, that, that's that's my favorite part of the dogfight, because the... The bomber actually has like the guns on it, so they can yeah. shoot behind and front. Yeah. So Tom Hardy's character is having a real tough time navigating because it's only him. Yeah, and he's, he's like got front gunners only. Yeah, trying not to get shot down and and still shoot this aircraft yeah, down. It was, man, it was so epically well done. But dude, when that the water lit lit on fire, there's a shot of this one soldier and he goes down, 
and man, he's just got nowhere to go. There's just fire on top of the water, and he he holds his breath for as long as he can. And dude, you literally you're like you don't do it, don't do it, man, don't he, do it. He comes up, man. You can see him squirming, and dude, he comes up, and he's he's just in fire. And you're like, oh. And the shot is immediately like from the water perspective. Oh. You can hear him like, <laughs> man, that was. Uh, Oh, that, yeah, that that I, was a that was a tough one to see, man. Oh yeah, that that was a rough moment, man. That just uh, it, it really gets to you. That that made you go like fuck war, you know? <laughs> Dude, the whole like this is the most the best anti-war movie ever. Like, yeah, you watch this war anti-war film ever. Yeah, like I'm I don't want to go to war ever. Screw that, oh, man. My God, oh just, man, yeah, it's chaos. And, and guys, you gotta understand a lot of these soldiers. Now, we know that they know they're being evacuated, but they also feel like they failed in their mission to hold the Nazis yeah. back there. So not only are they shell-shocked, not only are they tired, like they can't even take a shit, or any boat they get on ends up getting fucking synced. These guys also feel guilty that they have let their entire country down because the way it was played out to them on that beach, the way they were holding that thing down until the Nazis made their advances, they were, they were the front. They were the last line of defense, basically, for any kind of land or ocean invasion into England. And now that they're being evacuated, their morale is like, oh shit, the Nazis are actually gonna make, they're gonna do the undoable, which is invade the channel that no one has been able, other than the Vikings, no one has ever been able to overtake England, you know, because of that channel. That channel, it's rough waters. And to them, it seems like, oh, like fucking Nazis are gonna come destroy everything we know, and we let everyone down, and we're sitting ducks on the fucking beach with nowhere to hide. Yeah, man, it's rough. I mean, well, they're not wrong. England got the shit bombed out of them in fucking World War Two, man. Oh, man. It... Okay, yeah. Then Tom Hardy still has one more battle. So Tom Hardy just saved all these fuckers, right? I mean, yes, yes. some people died, but he. He saved all these fuckers. Oh yeah, the right. only reason anyone it's gets alive. off that boat, yeah, is because, because of the Tom Army. Uh, off that boat and off that beach, because now a big boat has come in and loaded almost everyone on. There was like no one left. And there's one more plane that and, shows and, up. And the officer's standing there, um, and he's like, you know, they're like, sir, you don't want to come? And he's like, I gotta stay here for the French. I mean, like, literally, there's no one on the boardwalk. <laughs> oh my and then gosh. all of a sudden, his face changes. Ooh like plane sound and you don't know if it's Tom Hardy or another thing and, and then and, you and, see it's a Nazi plane and it's a Nazi plane and then it oh. cuts back to the earlier scene where it's actually like there's still some troops on the beach and it's the Nazi plane again and it's fucking Tom Hardy with no fuel so this guy guys he's gliding now okay the propellers are not going it's just gliding yeah that's all he's doing that's all he's doing so he's gliding towards away from like you're, you're thinking he's gonna crash somewhere and then, you know, we cut back to that scene. They load off all the British guys. Uh, our officer sees it. His face goes, whatever it is. There's like a couple thousand maybe left of the British officers oh, on, dude, the, on, I, the, on the field. I love that dolly shot yeah. in on uh, Kenneth Branagh with that the, the, yeah. the lens oh, flare. Yeah, the lens flare. Yeah, I know. It was fucking amazing. Not a J.J. Abrams no, no, uh, no, anamorphic no, lens flare. No, just this a, is, this it's is, a beautiful streak yeah, yeah. all across the like the top half. As in, as in the day will go whether there is war or not kind of lens flare. Like natural, you know, if it's what happens on Earth. Um, so nice. And fucking just bombers coming in, coming in, coming in, and then fucking Tom Hardy out of nowhere just poof, shoots it down and then glides his ass right to the beach, pumping manually his uh, uh, his landing gears, you know? So yeah. He, and, then, and then the projector went out, so we don't know what happened. 
Well, I, I like I, that. I, I mean, love that shot where he, where they're like, okay, so he shoots the guys down, but then he opens his cockpit up. Yeah. And he looks man, down, he's like, yeah, I don't want to shoot. I'm saving this plane. Everybody just starts like waving and, and like, waving, yeah, yeah. You can hear him from the beach. And that's why the sound design is so good, guys. It's not like shitty Foley, all right? I mean, it literally sounds like a thousand men cheering on this one guy that saved all the fuckers again, all right? <laughs> And I, I mean, and there, there were all these beautiful dolly shots, guys, where the, the camera was going left to right, but all the actors were lined up looking right to left. And they were all oh. just blissfully, and like the sound, there was no sound, guys. It cuts to the shot, and there's another dolly shot behind it where it goes from right to left, and everyone's looking left to right, this one, you know, for, for the 180. Man, oh. can you imagine fucking planning that shit out? This is why this, is why this guy is genius like oh even the way uh, just yeah. the fucking hats man yeah like everybody is like on the pier yeah. and you he's got like this uh this low angle yeah. looking down at all of them you can just see all the soldiers hats yeah. all the army hats and when you, they hear oh, the, the plane high angle but no no there's no plane because not, not, oh, yeah, it, is, it is high angle not low yeah. angle sorry but, but there's there's no you don't hear it because the, there's the propellers are not working there's no engine it's just gliding and and there's like a whiff like just it's like it's like Mozart putting those like high flute notes in there, like in the in the in the, in the, in the fucking like the, in the night arias, you know, for the magic flute, you know, just like it just <laughs> this fucking thing is soaring above all these guys with no sound. The thing that like saved them all is just gliding, and everyone has like this blissful moment of just looking at it, and then they all go back and get on the boat. <laughs> I didn't. Okay, what, the one thing I didn't care much for was at the very end. Uh, Kenneth Branagh's character decides to stay for France. Yeah, but you know, I mean, here, here is I think why because the British get a lot of shit for neglecting the French during World War II. That's the way a lot of French people see it, and I think Christopher Nolan, being British, just wanted to kind of, you know, say, "Hey guys, uh, you know," and it's just, I think there's some kind of historical accuracy to it. I don't know. I have to look into it, so I can't claim that, but. No, no, no. Uh, I, th I think the, the French were a, a little miffed. I was actually listening yeah. to um, the stuff you missed in history class. Yeah. They did a uh, two-part episode on the um, lead-up to Dunkirk and the yeah. evacuation of Dunkirk. So if you want to know about the actual history, I recommend listening to that podcast. Yeah. Because I'm not a history major. But the pretty, <laughs> I, know, I know the French were pissed off when that happened. I know that. Well, yeah, because, it, I mean, to the French, it looks like, dude, you you're, just yeah, yeah. you're just leaving us here, man. Like, and you know what? The Admiral said as much. He said, we don't want anyone... We, we don't even want the rest of our men. We just want 35,000. And then uh, the officer's like, uh, no, dude, we're getting into war. What do you, we have 400,000. You don't want more men? They all make it. They all make it to the British shore. Dude, they make it when they make it back to England. That is heartbreaking. It is, man. Because that's exactly like when you were talking about how they, Georgie they dies. feel bad. And Georgie oh, dies. Yeah. He's looking at him. And dude, they never tell uh, Killian Murphy that he died. No, he did. Oh, no. because he said, "Is your mate gonna be alright?" And he goes, "Yes." Yeah. yeah they yeah. don't tell him, dude. And I was like, oh, "He's shell shocked already." I don't know how I feel about that, but no, I guess I know because they lost. They talked about how their brother, his older brother, the guy's older brother, died, died. Uh, with the Royal Air Force. Yeah. And that's how the dad is also knows how to navigate a way. Like he, he because the, there's a scene, the second one where Tom Hardy takes it out while he's gliding. That one, there was a scene earlier where it flies over the Killen Murphy boat, and um, 
uh, the dad is standing there and he's like telling his son how to steer. That's right when the second guy gets shot down. And and so it's flying over the boat and you can see that he's going to do that and, and there were, you know the dad like helps him steer because he knows the sound of this going to about to make when it's in sight before it fires and then he gets him to steer at 45 degree angle to right missing the bullets and so the, the the pilot, the British pilot that, you know, is now on, obviously on the boat and has all those people there goes like, how did you know that? And then you get a little bit of the backstory of like, he was in the Royal Air Force, my brother was in the Royal Air Force, yeah. he died. And um, so they already know the woos of war. They already know the loss of war. Why, why add more to an accident? Killian Murphy's character did not mean to kill that poor George. The Peter character, I mean, that is his friend. I know. George Dine is his but, friend. But, and but man, it, show, it shows you what men are made of in the time of war when you can yeah. sympathize with someone with someone else. Because it was an act. It was an honest to god accident. There's no reason to be all emotional about it. Well, there is, but there are bigger things to worry about at this point. Yeah, there are bigger things. Yeah, he just fucking got back to England, basically with this defeated attitude. So all the soldiers get ferried right away, man. I mean, it's crazy. They just survived all this shit, and they fucking take them to trains. Put him on the trains for the front again. Uh, the French guy is alive. Uh, the guy we started out with is alive. And um, he gets a newspaper. And they're thinking they're failures. They're about, they're all like about to cry. They're about to make us cry. Did, did the French guy make it out? Yeah, yeah. He, he was in a compartment right before. When he walked in, he, they had a look at each other and, and they, they got they got they got oh that's right that's right yeah, that's they right got it to each other yeah he didn't want to say thanks mate and when everyone's like oh shit we got a frenchie because he can't speak english <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder did they guy get deported or what i don't, I don't <laughs> fucking know man it's like hey look we're just gonna put you yeah. back in the uh, british army don't yeah, worry about yeah, it yeah exactly Pro- probably man poor guy but um <laughs> you can't speak a work of, oh, a lick, lick of, of english, english yeah. don't know what's going on but yeah. I mean, he, he knew enough to, to get around, though, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Survive. Survive, yeah, man. I mean, and again, a lot of this film is done with the eyes and the acting. and um, But, yeah, so... There are a lot of glances where they just inter- interchange glances. Dude, man. I mean, Tom Hardy, for the rest of the... So, he had a couple of, like, you know, his liners, guys, was all technical. Like, you you swing left, I'll swing right. You do this, I do that. Climb to 2,000, climb down, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then when his mate gets shut down... The rest of the fucking time, Tom Hardy doesn't talk. So the way Tom Hardy acts, and you don't see his face, you only see his eyes. So when he's upset... Behind the goggles, too. Behind goggles, (laughs) and you can still see that, oh, he's upset. Oh, he is thinking about, like, maneuvering to the left to get this fucking guy off of him. He's... I mean, that is just brilliant acting and directing, man. It's just... You can't... you, You can't do that as a fucking... You can't do that as a Michael Bay. I'm sorry. I mean, you just can't. You gotta be at this level to do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think Michael Bay would uh, would like that. Yeah, probably not. He's like, I need. I need my explosions to make linear sense. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Everyone has their own style. I'm not shitting Michael Bay. That guy gave us a lot to cinema. I mean, you know, fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. My, my, Michael Bay has this place in film yeah, history yeah. for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can take that away from him. No. Never. Even even if you want to talk shit about him all day long, he st- he still has his place in cinema. Yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah. Basically, the film ends with. Um, all these soldiers are defeated. They, you know, retreat is such a hard thing for a soldier. You know, uh, especially the how shortly it was done for them. They get into this town, and you see an old man running by the train on the platform with beers in his hand. Starts hating a beer. Yeah, yeah. And, and the guy we started out with is such a man. You, you almost start crying there. I would have started crying. The fucking bubble didn't go out. But then, <laughs> then you start 
Uh, the guy's reading from a magazine. It's a Winston Churchill. A newspaper. Uh, a newspaper, sorry, yeah. And, you know, Winston Churchill's been, it's, you know, it's very known historically for rallying the whole nation with his words, right? Well, with he, either his speeches. He just came to power. Like right around this time, yeah, too. exactly, yeah. So, so he 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 had written this thing, and it's in the newspaper, and this guy's reading it out loud to all his mates, and uh, basically it validates that they're not cowards. Um, that you know we brought you back home, and 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 yes, there was military failure, but you're here to fight another day. We're all here to fight for another day, uh, and they get a wel- a hero's welcome. At that train station, and then at the same time, you're seeing Tom Hardy finally lands with his with with his wheels touching on the beach, and then the projector ball goes out. I guys, I can't tell you how it ends after that. I mean, there was one minute left. We heard the audio. That's how I can tell you it was a Churchill speech. But I don't know what happened after that, and that's it. And then that's that's my take on the film, story wise. Uh, okay, um, cinematography here. The dogfight scenes, I mean, I loved, there are two shots. One where they keep cutting back to the rear view mirror. Yeah. So uh, Tom Hardy and the other pilots can see the Nazis behind them. Yeah. And it's shaky. Yeah. Because it's actually shot on a fucking plane. And, and the POV shot where you yeah. can you can see the like the little, uh, what right. is it called? The red dot to aim it's the a, machine guns. Yeah, the green, the green dot that he has. And it's like on a gyro so it keeps bobbling. Because it's not, oh. guys, it's not electronic. It was still mechanical back then. So it's on a gyro to stabilize it. And you can see it bobbing left to right. Man, that POV shot. I loved that, dude. Yeah. I love that. And they do a lot of really cool things with symmetrical imagery. Like, yeah. there, there's a lot of shots on the beaches where they'll pull back. And I don't even know what those uh, cement pillars are on the beach. I guess they were flagpoles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, man, they pulled those back. Uh, there's a shot where they, like, dolly back. Yeah, in between two of them. And you yeah. can see everything. Oh, nice beautiful. symmetrical framing. And they, just the way they have the, the soldiers lined up for the different boats on the yeah. beach. And how but symmetrical the, the frame never came. I know, man. Poor and, guys. Uh, it's it's fucking sad, man. It's so well done, it. and just like all the t- the tops of all the soldiers, man. Like when they look up for the plane, like you'll see one guy look up first, and then you'll see a face, because all you can see is yeah. tops of hats. Yeah. And you'll see one human face, and then all of a sudden it's like everybody's face slowly starts looking up. Yeah. Man, that was so well timed, so well done. It's epic, man. Uh, the lens flares I loved yeah. in this. I, I'm not a big fan of like uh, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. anamorphic lens flares. I, but, I didn't even uh, notice a lot of lens flares. I was so into the story. I didn't even look at technicalities as much. Oh man, dude, I was, uh, I was, I was the frame. Yeah, it's giant, man. Yeah, it is. It's the IMAX frame is huge. I like. Uh, I don't know. It, it wasn't. It's not four three, but it's it's damn I, close. Guys, imagine fucking sitting underneath uh, a two story building and looking up, and you have to see it edge to edge. That's, yeah. that's that. And 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 homeboy here, the tickets he got us were in row E, not like <laughs> F or fucking G. And so. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, yeah, we have to kind of look up a little bit. Look, man, I like I like the whole screen. The the bitch, go back a little bit so we can like see the fucking end frame. I, you know, I have I, to look to right or left sometimes. I know, man. I like shot. that. I like, I like it. To, I want to I want to be sucked into the film. I go to IMAX. I want it to cover all my vision. I'm not I'm not going into another IMAX with you that way. <laughs> it's gotta be two rows up, or I'm not going, bro. Uh, dude, I like I like I like the screen. The, the 
two rows up, you vision. still get the whole thing, but your neck is not fucking tilted oh, trying no. to go look to right look, or man, left. All those frames, had, uh, every time that the entire IMAX frame was used, because they didn't shoot the whole movie in IMAX, it's, uh, I would think I was reading somewhere it was like 80%. Yeah. It feels like most of it is, but they also shot the rest of it in 65, so the difference isn't as jarring as going from like uh, 235 aspect oh, yeah, ratio yeah. to so IMAX. Because IMAX, yeah. like, when you watched, uh, man, I forget what the film was, it, but it was Dark Knight Rises. Well, they like, go back and forth uh, that between was that. Horrible. Yeah, no. I, I didn't like that as much, but I thought this was was a lot better. Yeah. Going between the, he, the he's, 65. He, he's mastered his IMAX. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it, the. It took him a couple of movies, but he mastered it. <laughs> the aspect ratio does not take yeah. you out of the movie at all. Um, Thank God, guys. It's a it's a giant of a ratio, man. It, it's so good, and it's gonna be sad when we get it on Blu-ray because the the tops and the bottoms are gonna be cut off, you know, because. No matter what you do to bring it down to uh, fit the screen, yeah. you would have to squeeze the top and the bottom, and it's not going to be the same as seeing it in 70. And we're, we're doing this early enough to, if you're hearing this now, uh, dude, go to a 70 millimeter around you uh, and watch yeah. it if you can. It's, it's worth the money. It's worth the 20 bucks. I would say on the wide shots, I did notice that he liked to compose a lot of the imagery in like the bottom third of the frame. And then he would just leave so much sky. Like the the pier would be at yeah. like mid mid third. He's doing that on purpose, knowing that you know when the Blu-ray comes, the the cut will be on that. Not yeah. The bottom, but you know? dude, I love that man because like I kept looking at the sky yeah, for trying planes. To see yeah. yeah. Because oh man, when the planes come in, they're always like dude. in the upper third. Oh my god, yeah, they're fucking great, man. Uh, uh, I see. I like man. I like seeing that close because like. When we actually, like, remember when the planes came? My, oh, you had to go look from top to bottom? <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, you had to, like, follow them with your eye and your head. Oh, man, yeah. it was good, dude. It, it was good. It was good, but I would say two rows up would have been a little bit better. I'm an old man, man. My neck is hurting right now, and I drove three hours there, all right? So, you know, my neck was already hurting when we got there. So. No, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I, no, I, I understand. But, man, uh, I did miss that film grain, man. Kind of brought some uh, childhood memories, seeing film, film grain, like, seeing fucking film scratches. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, there were... Unintentional, like, you know, what happens when you shoot on film. Yeah, yeah. this was the film's eighth, eighth day of release, and, yeah. yeah, there were a couple of couple, couple of scratches. scratches on it already. Yeah. Not not the big, solid green ones, but there were a couple, like, little yeah. dirt and, like, you know... Yeah, also, it could be that the fucking bulb was, like, burning shit out in front of it, too. <laughs> oh, dude, I hope it didn't burn their film print. Uh, uh, well, you know what? For them fucking me over, I hope it did fucking film their... Man, dude, there's not too many uh, 70 millimeter prints of this. <laughs> Yeah, that, that pissed me off. But it is what it is, man. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed the cinematography. Really enjoyed the way it was cut. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. I enjoyed the acting. Um, I like the fact that it didn't have a lot of leads. No, I mean, they're all big actors, but none of them have a lead role. I, I guess the only lead role that we can pinpoint to would be Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy was the only actor. Uh, well, Mar- Mark Rylance's character knew. Uh, Killian Murphy we knew. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh. And, and one of the uh, uh, One Direction kids. I, I see. I didn't even know who he was. I, I don't. I mean, it could be the French guy or the guy from the British thing. But, yeah, I uh, didn't. I don't. But the the, the poster follow is, that band. The, the poster of Dunkirk is of the guy. Um, yeah, it's 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 the it's the guy we start out the film with, and basically we end the film with. Yeah, like, I, guess, I guess he's like the real main character the entire yeah, film. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that could be the one of the One Direction guys. I don't know. Yeah. 
Some of the characters have arcs, but not all the main characters. I don't need that. I just need to see the shell shock on their face. Yeah, like, I, I, it was a good war film, but I don't know if I'd put this in the category of, like, Saving Private Ryan, Apocalypse Now. This is not a, this is not a war film about triumph. This is a war film about what war is about. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like a slice of it's like a slice of battle and war. Yeah, it's like this is the shit that goes on. Yeah, during a battle, here it is. There's no like. There's no. Let's go back to the home front and show how people are back home. There's it's no mission all, where we can win no, the war or anything no, like that. No, 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 no. There's no. It's none of that. It's just we're in a shit situation. How do we get out? And I thought it was well done. And I agree with you on all the acting, cinematography, music, sound design, every direction. I was obviously fucking incredible. Um, this is this is a director's movie. This is not a script movie. This is like all the direction. I was reading somewhere that the script is only like thirty-five or fifty pages. That makes fucking sense. There's no fucking dialogue. Yeah, there is barely any dialogue. Like, well, what do you what do you write? The ship got blown up. You can't go. <laughs> hey, the torpedo hit it from this angle and all that stuff. That, that's where the shooting script comes in. The storyboards, you know. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Nolan would. The, the, the torpedo came in at a 45 degree angle no. and blew a hole in the he, white... <laughs> man, I don't know if you ever read any of his stuff. That guy does not write any description at all. That guy just says, here's what happens, and then his description goes directly to his like fucking art directors and all that stuff via storyboards. It says, this is how I want it. Fucking make it. That's it. it, it, it it's, it's, it's a really good movie. Um, it is. I would recommend it. Highly. Yeah. I can't say enough good things about it. Well, we'll have some, uh, I took some pictures of our rig in the car with Brian's bald head and my bald head. And uh, Yay. some some poster picture of up there. You know, maybe, maybe you guys uh, get a little Twitter behind the scenes things. I don't know. There you go. Oh, and speaking of Twitter, uh, I did want to give a shout out to Twitter user uh, Darth Sean85, I believe is his name. Darth Sean has been a constant supporter and been giving us nice shout outs on Twitter. We appreciate that. Thanks for the support and thank you for listening to the show, sir. And everyone else that listens. Well, yeah, but yeah. you know, he's yeah. like extra special. Give us a tweet too. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give you a shout out at the end of the next one. That's right. Hey, if you're as cool as him, we will thank you via Twitter handle. Um, so guys, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, this has been the Movie Crew Podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew, and crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end, at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at moviecrewpod. And guys, please give us a rating on iTunes and Stitcher. Helps people find out about the show. We are also on Overcast and uh, any RSS uh, feeds or providers that you guys go to. We're there. Waheed, where can people follow you, sir? Uh, at WA Films, everything Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, at WA Films. Guys, uh, I'm not 100% sure what track we're going to play, but we'll play a track from composer Hans Zimmer. What should we pick? I don't know. What, I, don't, I don't have a list in front of well, me. Well, you know what? I mean, like, what is the soundtrack even going to be? It's going to be like... It's all the same. It's just fucking it's non-stop not, train of a heart pulse with a... Layered in the entire fucking movie. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll just put that under the entire podcast. We're kind of like in that in the car right now with the with the with the sound, you know, with the ant sound. People are listening to it like literally on the edge of their seat. Like, stop talking, guys. I can't take anymore. This is a long podcast. How long is this? I don't even know. Who knows? Yeah, maybe like a two-hour podcast. We're out.